Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Launch School podcast. Today, we have another student, Terry Lee. You want to say hi real quick, Terry? Hi, everybody. So, Terry, you've been here at Launch School for about a year now and getting towards the end of, of our front-end courses here. Do you want to maybe just kind of give a quick background about uh, your, your experience and, and how you got into coding and specifically maybe how you found Launch School and what your experience has been so far? Sure. Um, I graduated from school with a degree in graphic design, but I quickly transitioned to product management pretty early on in my career. So I've been doing that mostly for uh, you know the last uh, eight years or so. Um, I've worked in a variety of industries, um, going from online advertising to mobile gaming and digital books. So, but mostly in the tech sector and. Um, in all types of uh, products and areas. And um, my relationship with coding, so actually um, in school, um, my program was called Computing and the Arts. So uh, we had to take two semesters of Java. So um, that was my first experience with coding. And I remember really enjoying it. Um, it was object-oriented programming. So, you know, we learned like a lot of things that, you know, we actually learned in launch school. and I just remember enjoying that, so I've always carried that experience with me. Um, but I continued on with my design courses, and um, I have some relationship with coding. Um, I've taught myself HTML and CSS over the years. I've even done some, you know, flash action scripting. So it's always something that I've been interested in. And your last question about how I found Lodge School, I did all the research. I when I decided that I wanted to go into programming, I, you know, started, you know, like most people doing Code Academy, uh, free Code Camp, those things. But I realized that that wasn't the style I was looking for. I really wanted to learn programming really well, and it just didn't have they didn't have the depth that I was looking for. So after a lot of research, I found your program and did the free prep course and. You know, it was really good. So after taking that, I decided to enroll. And yeah, so I've been here for almost a year. I started in April of last year. I didn't know that about your background. It sounds like you were <laughs> in uh, this sort of peripheral technology uh, roles or uh, non-tech mm -hmm. necessarily, but always within a, a, a technology company, right? Right. Did that have any influence on you in terms of just being around developers all the time, being around technology? Yeah, definitely. Um, being around it, like I somewhat kept up with uh, technology and trends and all that, and always exposed to code somehow. Like as a product manager, you work very closely with engineering, so you know you can peek over their shoulders, see what they're actually working on, and you're just always exposed to it. Yeah. And did you ever think like maybe I can just transition to a developer like at my current company as opposed to taking some sort of training program? Was that ever a, a thought that came up? No, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people experience it, but, you know, once you stick in a career, um, you kind of just stay with it. And product management is a good career. You know, um, you have a lot of influence in the company and, you know, it's very very interesting job. So I did enjoy it for the most part. But I didn't really consider switching within the company. 
Right. In fact, a lot of developers I know transition into product management almost as a right. uh, not necessarily a lateral move, but like a promotion of sorts, uh, because product does mm -hmm. have a lot of power. Um, and uh, yeah. in, in a lot of development teams actually take their direction from product uh, teams. So, uh, right. But at, at the end, you decided you want to be a programmer, right? You, you, you felt that was kind of closer to your true passion or? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always wondered if I could make it as a developer, you know, like, um, since I've always had interest in it. And the decision is like very closely related to my last job. So um, my last job was at Nook. I worked in a division that created a platform um, for reading digital textbooks. And I was responsible for the digital catalog, the commerce site, and all the backend services. And actually, it was my first exposure to, I guess, say modern web development. The team was Ruby, and we worked in an agile development. So, this is the Barnes and Noble Nook e-reader. Yeah, we were just a division, so like they have the separate e-reader, and then we did just a software platform for digital textbooks for uh, higher education. Okay. Yeah, that's, that sounds great. And the best product managers I know are actually very technical as well. So that combination is really, really good. Um, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, never really heard of Ruby before or Agile. Agile, And so um, just being involved in that is really cool. It was actually the most technical position I've had. Um, my PM roles are usually more design or marketing focused, but it was a challenge, but um, it was just very interesting seeing all the tools they had to, you know, quickly build uh, websites and, uh, you know, backend services. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that Nook was, uh, was a Ruby uh, backed uh, in the backend there. I think it's just my division. Um, I wasn't sure what they use for the actual e-reader, but we actually, my division got moved into Barnes and Noble College, which was uh, they manage um, bookstores across college campuses all over the country. Mm. So it's more related to software, so yeah. not so not no hardware. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Um, and so I don't know if you want to talk about this part, but uh, I know you were laid off eventually. And mm -hmm. um, when I talked to you before, and again, you've been with us for a while, so we've had sort of conversations through through the last 12 months or so uh you didn't really express mm -hmm. a lot of panic didn't really feel like you know you were down or anything you were just very very focused do you want to maybe share that experience a little bit because i know there's a lot of people out there who are undergoing career transition and sometimes it's involuntary so how, how are you able to navigate that sure um so i mean in the tech industry companies come and go pretty often actually um you're not given a lot of time to show that your product is successful before, you know, they cut it off. So, um, I mean, of course I was shocked with the layoff, but, um, it's nothing like unexpected for me. Um, but as I was preparing for, you know, interviews for product management, I just thinking like, is this really what I want to do um, going forward? And as I said, being exposed to this, new type of development and development environment um, seemed like something that I would prefer to go in. So, yeah, I mean, I saw it as a chance to make a career change. I and mean, I wasn't sure. I mean, like, a lot of anxiety over whether or not it's too late, right? Mm -hmm. um, in the tech 
bubble in Silicon Valley, it's, he was very young. So um, I don't consider myself old, but you know, in over here, it's like, yeah, that's one of the worries. Is it too late? Right. Um, well, there's always bubbles and there's always, you know, I've been through two bubbles myself and what mm -hmm. always happens is that there's, there's a bounce back, right? And if you're not committed yeah. to the software industry, then when the bubble bursts, it's, it's time to, you know, go to, go to pharmacy school or something else completely different, go to law school or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. the people who are around, right, when the bubble bursts, are become some of the, your your closest friends when times are good again, right? Because you sort of kind of mm -hmm. live through that tough time together. Uh, but when I say tough, I mean a little bit less money, right? Um, but yeah. yeah, this is this is why at, for people at law school, I want people to not be afraid at all of this sort of micro cyclical cycles because it will happen right? It will happen. And mm -hmm. when it happens, the mindset almost has to be double down learning, it's going to come back up and be prepared when it comes back up again. Otherwise, it's you're right, companies come and go. And um, the key thing you have to rely on is uh, yourself and your skills, right? And it's not in the long time ago, where you work for one company, and you can expect to just stay there for the rest of your career. Yeah. Um, so I definitely so I guess the, the uh, another follow up question is, what what was the thing that allowed you to focus on education, like learning? Um, is it just because you're in a fortunate mm -hmm. financial situation that you didn't really have to worry about, let's say, uh, paying your bills or something like that? Or because I can see that if you're, you know, when people are laid off or uh, have some involuntary action being taken against them, you know, the very first thing is probably like, oh, how am I going to pay my bills? And not really what you know. Let me go back to school. Yeah, um, I guess I'm more fortunate in that I'm able to take time off to um, kind of study stress free. I mean, it's not completely stress free. I didn't expect to take you know um, this long at the outset, mm -hmm. and um, so there were times where like, oh, am I taking too long, whatnot? But you know, my situation allowed me to continue um, going forward, and that helps a lot to do this full time. Um, I actually in the middle of the um, back-end courses, I took a contract job where I had to commute to San Francisco. And there's like one and a half hours each way. And I just couldn't do it part-time. I was trying to code on the train or do it when I got home, but I was too tired. So okay. I realized if I really want to be serious about this, I have to do this full-time. Right, and you're so you're working at a law school full-time or nearly full-time, right? Yeah. Right, and, and it's already... Yeah taken 12 months. So uh, that I think sometimes people are surprised by that. But there's just a lot of material if you really want to learn it well. And just for the record, you're, you're doing really well at law school. I, I don't think you've not passed an assessment yet. Right. So yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're doing great. Um, so I guess uh, it was funny that you brought up, you didn't think it would take this long. I'm kind of wondering how yeah. long did you think when you first came to us? Yeah, so, I mean, you compare it to other boot camps out there, which they promise, you know, three to four months, right? And I knew it was going to take longer, and, you know, you are kind of adding up the hours mm -hmm. uh, you have estimated for each course. And then so it came out to, you know, like six, eight months, I think. But, you know, you never factor in how much time you need to prepare for mm -hmm. each assessment, at least for me. Um, I spend a lot of time preparing for assessments. I'm going to make sure that I can pass it the first time around. 
So I think students definitely take that into account. And I mean, these days I just don't retain information as well as I used to before. So it's a lot of reviewing and going over the course material multiple times to make sure I really, really understand it. But for me, you know, that's a worthwhile investment. So even though it's taking longer, um, as long as I'm, you know, really understanding the material, I think it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. And I really encourage people to think long term, right? And in the span of 20 years or whatever, I mean, an extra week or two or extra month or two is is definitely well worth your time. And this is the advantage, if you will, of mastery-based learning as opposed to classroom-based learning, right? It's So it's uh, you can go fast or slow. But um, typically, I think what happens is you feel rushed in this classroom-based learning, right? And, and mm-hmm. you, you feel like you just have to cram or sacrifice um, understanding because you got the schedule to meet. And even if you are able to keep up the material, something happens sometimes, right? Something happens in your personal life right. and you're just busy that week, but you have a midterm, right? And what, what can you do? Mm-hmm. So in mastery-based learning, if you're busy that week, that's okay, right? You're just going to have to take an yeah. extra week, right? Uh, to make up for it that busy week, um, but don't sacrifice mm-hmm. clarity and understanding. So, and how do you feel right now? So do you, do you still feel... A little bit of anxiety when when you sort of see it's like oh it's been about a year you know um, you know you're you're almost on the front end but you're not quite done with the front end yet do you, do you, do you still sort of feel mm-hmm. that coming up once in a while? No, uh, I mean of course like a little bit, but you know I can see the finish line from here. So um, I think as I get more confident in my skills, I mean I don't feel as anxious. It's more about you know whether I can get a good job. So why do you feel worth like, is it, is it just con- like you're feeling more confident? You know that you're getting better. Like, how do you know that? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, in the JavaScript courses, you know, there's some pretty hard programs in there. And, you know, sometimes I would have to like peek at the solution and I can't figure it out myself. But as I go on, um, I'm able to, you know, code things on myself, like, I'm actually in the middle of the assessment for uh, Q49, I believe, and there's one practice assignment that's really tough, but I was actually able to do it by myself. Um, so, like, unless you actually do it, you don't know. But, uh, yeah, so just being able to do those types of problems that are very similar to the things that I worked, like, I was a product manager for at my old company. So I can see myself doing okay or doing well in an actual production environment. Yeah. And I know that you uh, fairly recently, about a month ago, uh, you, you told me about this hackathon you went to. Do you want to mention that? And I wonder if that experience also sort of solidify your, uh, your belief in, in that you're, you are gaining confidence. Cause sometimes I think it's hard, right? You're just studying and you're not sure. Yeah. You're pretty sure, I guess, you know, cause you're spending so much time studying and learning to what seems to be extreme depth, but I guess, you know, is there always in the back of your mind is like, oh, maybe someone over there, you know, is learning more than me. But um, it's always yeah. nice to get that external validation, right? And I feel like maybe that hackathon experience was a little bit of that. Do you want to maybe talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, for those that may, may not be familiar with the hackathon, um, it's an event where you basically have a given amount of time to create a product that leverages some company technology. So my hackathon, we had... 24 hours to build a product that expanded on this company's uh, video teleconferencing software. And it's a very short amount of time to come up with a working demo 
And I actually went in not thinking that I was going to do any coding at all. I had just finished the HTML and CSS portion of launch school, and I went in as a uh, marketing per- marketing product person um, thinking I was just going to do design and come up with, you know, the product ideas. But um, when we are actually coding, um, developers I, w- I was with, they were more front-end, so while they were kind of struggling with the back-end server side of it, I was able to contribute by doing all the HTML and CSS and working with uh, Node, even though I've never used Node before. So that part um, solidified, you know, the confidence that I was learning enough or learning the foundations so that I could quickly switch from one framework to another. And so this is before the JavaScript course? Yeah, I I was doing mostly HTML and CSS for them. And then um, where the backend knowledge came in handy was when I had to create new routes. Mm-hmm. in their program where they just have to show me once. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just keep creating routes uh, for all the pages that I need. So they only have to tell me things once, and I was able to uh, pick it up and do it on my own after that. And that's because of your experience in, like, courses 170 and 180, all the back-end courses. Mm-hmm. Is, is, that, is that right? Yeah, or? so, yeah, definitely. If they did it in Sinatra, I think I'd be able to help with the back-end, but because it was Node and it was only 24 hours, I didn't have time to, to learn Right. But the fact that they showed you where, where the thing is, you kind of just mentally mm-hmm. knew, that, okay, routes, all right, I, I know what, what that is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just tell mm-hmm. me where to put it. Uh, and the syntax, and I'm good. Um, yeah, that's really good. And I think that's the advantage of learning things to a fundamental level, right? Is that you can mm-hmm. you can uh, pick up new frameworks, higher level frameworks very, very quickly. And even before... Uh, you learn JavaScript, which is which is surprising. I thought you were already in the JavaScript portion and not yet Node, but um, mm-hmm. but good. And so that experience kind of just gave you even more confidence about what you're learning and how it it pertains to you know real day to day development. Is that right? Yeah, it solidified my the confidence in what I've learned, but also um, I mean, if anyone has a chance to do it, I encourage it because it also solidified the fact that I want to go into development because it's a very intense experience and you're working very closely with your teammates and it does, it is very similar to, um, you know, a future job in development where you're working with each other, you're constantly pushing code to Git, making sure there aren't any like merge conflicts or anything like that. So um, if you like that environment, then, um, you know, development is a good direction. Was this one of those hackathons where, where you showed up and you didn't know your teammates or did you know your teammates beforehand? I just went with a friend who is not a developer and you basically form teams there. So you actually uh, meet um, a lot of people. And so, you know, everyone's like really friendly. Everyone, you can learn um, a lot of things from other developers. Um, the ones I work with were like really good about showing me things and explaining. So it's definitely a really good learning experience. Right. I've been in a couple of hackathons, but it, it was like we had a team beforehand, maybe weeks beforehand, and we would think about and brainstorm about the product we're going to build. And then when you show up, mm-hmm. you know, it's a 24 hour thing. When you show up to do it, you know, you, you basically then build it, but it's, you know, the idea is there and we've been talking about it on and off for maybe a couple of weeks. Um, but all the assets and code are created within those 24 hour period. But I, I've never been to one where kind of, you just match up random new people. Yeah, I think it might have been like a smaller hackathon. And I mean, ideally, I would 
would have like wanted to have been more prepared and come in with a team and um, an idea. But I think a lot of people were kind of like, there were some teams that definitely came in that way and you could tell by their finished product that it seemed like they've been working right. on it for longer than 24 hours. <laughs> right, but um, it was my first hackathon, but uh, so I didn't know what to expect. But if I do participate in more, yeah, definitely would rather come in with a team with an idea in mind. Yeah, cool. That sounds great. Now, um, is there any sort of advice you can give to people who are maybe earlier in the launch school curriculum um, in terms of whether whether technical or whether just kind of dealing with the anxieties around, you know, a mastery-based learning program and such a long one like ours? Any advice for them? Yeah, I think it helps. Like, at least what I did was I treated this like a college course. So um, I took it very seriously. I take a lot of handwritten notes because that's what works for me. And um, just make sure I review um, the material over and over again. So, yeah, just like taking it to that level where it's not, you know, like a code cabinet where you're just like coding as you write but, or as you read. But what I like about this structure is that you have readings. So you have a chance to really digest the information before you even start coding. So I make sure I understand before I even open up my text editor and start writing code. So I do like that format. Um, and also, this happens at all stages uh, of my learning experience, but it's easy to get really overwhelmed um, by problems. So, I mean, it happened to me recently with the JavaScript course, but it always helps to, like you guys always say, like break it down into a smaller problem and just start piece by piece. And, you know, you work through it. And what I do is, as I'm working through it, and it's not the prettiest code, I keep a list of things that I want to refactor later on. Right. So once I get it functional, I'll go back and, you know, clean it up and make it uh, look nice and all that. But, yeah, it's, especially when it's early on, like, you just stare at a problem and you have no idea how you can even approach it. But, yeah, the, the videos you have on problem solving are really helpful, especially the parts of, uh, where you break it down into smaller digestible pieces. So right. that's the strategy that's helped me. Right. I think that's really good advice. I feel like this is almost the, the singular most important attribute to be successful, not just at Launch School, but learning anything, but especially in a program like Launch School where we don't compromise on mastery, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you can't take a C and, and, you know, get to the next course, right? It's, it's like we we put right. a high demand on proficiency. And so you, it, it's like we force you to understand things. And I get a lot of emails when people write in long, long paragraphs about their background. And then at the end, it's like, what do you think? Am I a good fit for launch school? Mm -hmm. And it's hard to tell. It's very, very hard to tell for me. But there are certain attributes that definitely correlate with being uh, successful at law school. And it really has to come down with exactly what you just said, which is study habits. Um, so it's not mm -hmm. even correlated with technical experience necessarily, right? Like if you have a computer science degree, yeah, it, it's, it's a good sign. And it's a good sign only because you've done something difficult um, and that you probably had to study pretty hard to get it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. but if you don't have a computer science degree, if you don't have a lot of programming or technical background, it doesn't mean that you're not a good fit for launch school either, right? As long as you right. know how to study. And as you said, as you alluded to in this conversation, which is 
you know, you take multiple passes through the courses and, you know, the books and the material that we put in front of you. And I just know that when I talk to people, sometimes they find that surprising. It's like, whoa, I'm supposed to read this thing twice or three times. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and so if you've never ex um, sort of studied v very seriously, it's it's sometimes a surprise. And I have conversations sometimes where people say, well, I'm, I'm pretty serious. You know, I work pretty hard. But if you dig deeper, it's like, what is serious and studying hard mean it doesn't really mean much right it's it's just if it takes mm -hmm. you to read something twice to understand it like that's okay right um or three times let's say it takes three times three readings to understand something but you read it twice and then you say hey look i study really hard and i still don't get it what do i do it's like you're almost there right just one more yeah. um, um and and so everybody's different and and that's the key is that some people especially who've had to study very deeply before, like getting a PhD or something like that, that correlates well with mm -hmm. success in our program. Um, so people who have, P it's not that if you have a PhD, you will do well, or you have to have a PhD to do well in logical, not at all, right? You just have to like be a good student. Mm -hmm. So um, right. yeah, good advice. Um, I think that's it. Any last words, Terry, before we go? Uh, I just want to say I've really enjoyed this program so far, and um, especially the assessments. I think um, those are definitely like confidence building. Um, you know, if you're because they're not easy, and you know, as long as you prepare, like put in a lot of preparation, um, it I do think it will give you the confidence to do well in job interviews, which is you know what I've been part of. Like I've been sat in on tech interviews and. Um, things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's. I like uh, that part a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's great to hear. That's perfect. All right, thanks for uh, coming by, Terry, and uh, have a good rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Bye.